Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. And if you're one of those people that tries to listen as soon as these come out, you will notice (laughs) that these are in quite quick succession. And that always seems to be the way that it works for me. I think it's that opening up to the energy. Um, All of a sudden, I do one and then I get so many ideas for future podcasts that I just can't sleep at night and I have to keep going. And then something else will take my attention and the energy with it. So uh, let's make hay while the sun shines. Now, today's uh, topic is failure. And uh, this came to me at three o'clock this morning because it's one of those things that I have mentioned in this podcast, but I think is really, really important to understand about uh, the spiritual journey, but also uh, the mediumistic journey. So I thought I'd share with you today some of my top failures so that you could maybe start to understand some things about your life and also 
what you're blooming well signing up for if you decide to follow the path of a professional medium. So as I've said before, but just in case you're a new listener to the podcast, uh, when we start to actively try and improve our energy and go on that self-improvement journey, sometimes it's about uh, just wanting to heal, wanting to change, wanting to shift. And I do believe that the reason we are all here is so that our soul can experience things for its growth that it would be unable to experience in a non-physical, non-ego world. So we have to come here and be trapped in the restrictions of this physical body to be surrounded by other people, 3Ds if you've listened to the previous podcast. And that's important for our growth because in those frustrations, and in those letdowns and those hurts is the growth, is the learning, the reconciliation of who we are and the choice to either learn from that and not let it happen again or hope that it won't and learn nine times out of ten that it does anyway. So that's pretty much definitely <laughs> how it's been for me. I'm not pretty much. I'm correcting that as I go. I would love to tell you that as soon as I signed up with the spirit world, everything just was lovely because that's what I imagined, but it's not been, it's been hard. So there are so many different things that I can talk to you about here. The one that's popping into my head straight away is, uh, as you may know, I was very, very dedicated to my uh, initial development with the spirit world. It was always not a choice. And that's really, I have to be so clear about that. I may not have been somebody that saw spirit when I was a child, but that calling within me, once I heard it, I couldn't hear anything else ever again. And it changed my life forever. And I can say that it's changed my life for the better but it's been a long journey. It's been a long time to get here and a lot of hard work and a lot of heartache. This isn't a poor me, by the way. I don't want your sympathy <laughs> um, because this is what you all have to go through, which is why when people come to me and tell me they're having a really, really hard time, sometimes people find me a bit of a cold fish and it's not that I don't care and it's not that I don't love you and want you to do well and it's not that, what are the words, I can see your potential and I know that you are capable of so much more if you would just allow yourself to have it. And so I'm not going to sympathise and tell you it was all somebody else's fault or give you a big soppy hug. I might give you those things, but I will also tell you that it's up to you to change it. So I, uh, when I first started in the development circle I sat in, I was very dedicated, easily the most dedicated person there by miles. And I always have been. Um, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me, but I also take it very, very seriously. And I have got that kind of uh, atypical Capricorn personality here where if I say I'm going to do something, unless it's a state of emergency, I will do it. If I make that commitment, 
I will do it. And uh, spirituality and mediumship has always had that level of commitment and dedication from me. This is not something, if you want to do it well, you play with. Now, of course, you can play with it if you're just trying to experience it, wanting to know if there's more. Please don't listen to this and think, oh, God, Hannah's judging me. I'm not at all. But as soon as I felt that calling, I knew that I had to be absolutely serious in my commitment to the spirit world. And I always have been. And one of my friends always says to me, she has never seen anybody work as hard as I have for what I've got. And that is true, I will take that. I have busted a gut, cried, wept, tried to walk away, found myself instantly back because that is how it is when you have that kind of calling. So uh, yeah, I'd sat in my development circle for a couple of years and I remember sitting there with uh, waiting for the teacher to give me give me a sign that I was ready. And it, oh, during that time, people had come, people had gone and new people had started. And it's a funny thing in development circles because you have to learn to push your ego aside because when new people start, you have to hear the things from the beginning again. And I do try and uh, negate some of that with my teaching, which is why I always tell everybody to do the online pre-recorded starting with spirit course first, because there does become a point where you're, you know, doesn't matter how spiritual you are, it's a little frustrating to hear the basics um, for 45 minutes of an hour and a half circle, a two hour circle, because you've already learned it all and you've heard it all 10 times already. So uh, I do try and negate that, but you have to kind of push your ego and your reaction out, out of the way. And I really, really, really wanted to read cards for other people. And it had been two years of every week without fail going. And uh, I was so grateful for all that Spirit had given me but I didn't want to be some greedy butthole who was trying to cut ahead. Um, so I was really trying to be slow and steady. And in my head, I thought that the spirit world knew this, which of course they did, and that they would uh, tell me when I was ready. So I waited and I waited and I waited and I waited. And eventually I got brave enough to ask the teacher and just said, when do you think I'll be ready to practice on other people? And she went, I'm sorry, what? And I went with my cards. When do you think I'll be good enough at that stage to be able to, to do that? And she went, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, am I not ready? Oh, I'm so sorry. This is so embarrassing. Backing away. Awkward. And she said, I thought you already were. I thought you were doing it professionally. And I said, well, no, because I've been waiting for you to tell me that I'm ready. So I, I haven't. And she went, what? And I went, well, I thought you would tell me when it was the right time. And she went, well, no, if you think it's the right time, then it's the right time. Um, and I remember that very clearly, just going, what? And really such a, a lesson there in um, holding yourself back 
holding yourself back. And I think I might have mentioned that story before. Don't worry, they're not all repeats. But I just think that that one is just so indicative. And it's funny because so often when I do spiritual assessment readings with people, uh, they are the ones that hold themselves back. It's always fascinating to me. A few years ago, I had someone join one of my circles who was working for one of the psychic hotlines, but she'd never connected to spirit guides. She'd never had any formal training whatsoever. She had no connection to the spirit world. She'd never sat in a circle. She just picked up some cards and got accepted onto a psychic hotline to work as a reader. And it was fantastic that she was then brave enough to come and join a circle and try and work through it but it's just never a position I would have put myself in uh, reading for people when I didn't feel like I was absolutely completely connected and as a human being out of the way enough to be a good gauge for someone to be able to read for somebody so that was always really funny and then I had this amazing connection to spirit guides and I'm so lucky for that connection I'm so grateful for that because Although it was my grandfather that set me on this journey and opened me up to the fact that there is more, that life is eternal, that we don't die in the way that people think we do. We, we are eternal beings forever and ever. And that was pretty bloody awesome, let's be honest. But it was spirit guides that taught me about me. It was spirit guides that loved the unlovable in me. It was spirit guides that cheered me on, held my hand, made me brave, kicked me up the bum, pushed me, made me laugh, made me cry. That was spirit guides. And somewhere along the line, and I don't know where or when it happened, but I decided that because my connection to spirit guides was so good, that even though I felt a real pull and a real calling to do mediumship, evidential mediumship, I shouldn't. I should be grateful for the fact that I have that connection to spirit guides. And trying to develop evidential mediumship was basically telling the spirit world that I wasn't grateful for what I already had. And it never appeared in my mind like a fully formed thought like that. It took me a long time to realise that that barrier was in there and that's what it was saying. But that was there for a long time. There was a good five years where I wanted to work on my evidential mediumship um, and that loved one in spirit connection and felt like it was greedy. And so kept pushing it down, pushing it away. Uh, so that was massive for me that was a massive failure because I watched people that I taught follow the path of mediumship and felt jealous let's be honest I felt envious that they were able to do that when I was able to do that too it's just that I wasn't allowing myself so that was a, a massive learning for me in just how I was holding myself back and a massive failure there. And there is a massive difference when you decide to work evidentially for mediumship. And I always say this to my students because when you're working with spirit guides and working with symbology and working with color and spirit guides are always positive. They're always 
uh, opening someone up to their potential. It's a lovely energy to sit in and work with, and I still love working with them. And uh, that's very different to when you start working evidentially, clairvoyantly, because when you start working as an evidential medium, there's a real yes or no. It's black or it's white. The evidence is understood or it isn't. So the best example I can give is if you're working with spirit guides and you give somebody a message along the lines of, um, I can see that you've been through a really, really tough time. And I can see that you've had to grieve and that grief has held you back and you've had to overcome your own barriers but now you are moving forward and the energy feels positive and I know there is opportunity and hope for you. That's a lovely message, but that is a message that probably applies to everybody. When you work with evidential mediumship, when you say, I know he was a plumber. If he wasn't a plumber, he wasn't a plumber. There's no gray area there there's no movement there there's no uh freedom if you say he died of cancer and he didn't he didn't die of cancer you are wrong and that's the difference in the energy between working with spirit guides not that i'm saying a good spirit guide reading should be fluffy because it shouldn't and you can be incredibly evidential with a spirit guide reading and i would hope that i am but it is the difference between that and a loved one in spirit where it is very fact-based so that's the difference and as a result when you decide to work evidentially on your mediumship and be an evidential medium it does push your bloody buttons. It really does, guys. Because we're so afraid, as I said in a previous podcast, about getting things wrong. We're so afraid to be wrong. We're so afraid to go, okay, well, I got that wrong, that we can hold ourselves absolutely back. And it's always interesting because when I teach uh evidential mediumship when that comes up in my circles because I try when I teach to teach all different types of spiritual connection ways of working because I think that's really important because you use all of them in one reading you're not just working with loved ones in spirit you're also working psychically because you're feeling that sitter and you're healing that sitter and you're also working with spirit guides because Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today because they're helping you bring that connection in with that loved one. And, you know, nine times out of 10, people do 
book an evidential mediumship reading, but also want some insight and some help about their future or what they should do on their path. So you'll be working with all of those different things if you decide to be a professional medium. And uh, it's, it's always really interesting how we hold ourselves back, how we, that fear of getting it wrong can stop us. So one of my biggest failures in inverted commas I ever had was when I decided that I wanted to be a platform medium and I knew I needed to practice. And as you will know, uh, sometimes for the betterment for me, sometimes for the whatever the opposite of betterment is for me, uh, it's been hard for me because I'm not part of a spiritualist church and I never have been. The only spiritualist church I have ever been in is the one at Arthur Finlay College. That's not really been a conscious decision. It's just been how my path has played out. And I think if you if you don't have someone to take you into the church, that's a nerve wracking thing to do. If you've ever just walked into a spiritualist church by yourself, you are brave. And I hope you know that braver than me. So I always had to create my own audiences. So many mediums, when they start doing platform, if you learn through a church, you have a tailor-made audience straight away. And I never did. And so the thing is, when, you, when you're learning, if you work in a church, you can stand up and do one spirit link and then somebody else will work. When you have to generate your own audience, you have to go straight from nothing to being able to hold the power and doing spirit links for an hour. Otherwise, you've wasted everybody's time in them coming out. You can't create your own audience and get everybody out one evening and then do one spirit link seven minutes and go, thanks very much. Goodbye. You have to have that time commitment. So that was a bit of a baptism of fire for me. And because no's were holding me back and I kept getting advice from the spirit world and my guides, your fear of getting it wrong is holding you back. And I'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it. And then I just wouldn't surrender just wouldn't let go. The spirit world brought me one of my biggest failures, which was an entire demonstration. I think it was 10 spirit links where everybody in the audience said no to every single piece of evidence I gave. And that hurt. Not one spirit link was taken. Not one piece of evidence understood. And the people were looking at me with that kind of sympathetic smile thing. Oh, poor you. This is awkward, isn't it? And the more they looked at me like that, the less I was in my power. The more I was pleading with the spirit world to just give me a link that could be taken. And then, of course, everybody left and people went, oh, never mind. Oh, poor you. And everyone left. And I knew that they would never come and see me work again. And it was bloody awful and I cried and I cried and I had uh, probably a week where it felt like I had depression and I thought I was never going to be able to do it again but I am and I do and you know what now I'm not afraid of no's and when I get the odd no in a demonstration setting which is only to be expected because people forget about people people uh, come up to me all the time afterwards and go, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, I've just realised who that was, please don't hate me. But I'm not afraid of it anymore. Because I know that I can weather that storm of a no. I know it won't pull me out of my power. 
I know that I can give the evidence as I get it, as much as I am able to, because I'm not afraid of people saying no to me anymore. So that's always a funny one. I'm just looking, I've got a list of failures, which is not the most positive thing to do, but it's also quite funny because it makes me laugh because I can see myself in each of these moments and what the lesson was. So let me talk to you about one of my students who sat with me very sporadically for I think about a year and she was a lovely girl, really lovely girl. And I'm, she still is, just to be clear. But somewhere along the line, I gave away my power. And I don't really know when that began or how that happened. My people pleasing kicked in and I gave away my power. And she became more and more mouthy, know-it-all, I'm in charge. And it really reached a pinnacle in a night when we were doing a uh, Ouija board, a spirit board. And spirit boards have very, very sensitive energy, very, very sensitive. And if people who are in the room are afraid or nervous, that's a real low vibrational energy. And sometimes what can happen is that the spirits come in to move uh, the planchette around the board but they can't quite move it enough because there isn't enough energy to get it going and it ends up with this funny loop where it just goes back and forth back and forth back and forth so what happened was we were drawing with a planchette that's just come back to me and um it went round and round and round and round in a circle and that know-it-all student of mine announced to the room that we had opened a portal of darkness, which, as you all know, I don't believe is actually possible. And uh, I kind of went, no, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I trust my protection. I'm not worried about this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't even protect anymore because I don't think there's anything to protect from that. But at that time I did. But I knew my protection was absolute. And um, because of that fear, it then got this funny back and forth, back and forth, back and forth energy where it wouldn't work properly. And that student of mine told me in front of everybody that was there that I was doing it wrong, that my energy was negative. And she took my planchette off me and stood up and said she could manage it better than me. And uh, it it didn't change, unsurprisingly, because actually treating your teacher with such little respect doesn't actually improve the energy of a space. So it just carried on doing what it was doing anyway. But I can't really believe that I allowed that to happen and didn't eject her from my property immediately. And that's the funny thing, isn't it? Though that was part of my growth and I will never, ever, ever let anybody treat me like that again. And so that was a really, really valuable lesson in my power and being unafraid to speak up for myself and being unafraid to say, no, I'm in charge here, sit down. And uh, bless her heart, she has now got her own business just down the road from me where she's uh, permanently, funnily enough, copying me. <laughs> So I decided to do some demonstrations in local hotels and lo and behold, she's doing some demonstrations in lo local hotels, but she does uh, still believe in all the negative stuff and she does sell that as people like to. And she does uh, ghost stories around the fire and things like that. And good luck to her if that's what she believes. But 
such a funny thing for me in the way that I allowed her to squash me and didn't stand up in my own power. And that's happened many, many times. Uh, one of the funniest lessons that I've had to have is about manifesting, but being very clear in what I'm manifesting. Because sometimes it's a little bit like being in a Grimm's fairy tale. I don't know if you've noticed that. But I used to manifest sellouts, sellouts of events and sellouts of students uh, for workshops and things. And I used to get it. And it took me a long time to realize that that wasn't a good manifestation. What I really should be manifesting and what I manifest now is that the right people come to me with the right energy who are ready to work. And I would rather have spaces left on a course and less of the troublesome energies than have it sell out and have lots of very difficult people there. But I learned that through failing. I learned that from difficult people coming up into my groups uh, and being rude. And I'm still learning that. Uh, there was a lady that was sent to me just a few weeks ago who um, spent the whole reading going, meh, have you got a name though? Meh, have you got a name though? Meh. And even though I kept saying, if I get a name, I'll be sure to give it to you, but names aren't guaranteed. She just kept going, well, yeah, it does sound like them, but I'm surprised you haven't got their name. And of course, the more she said that, the more difficult the energy was to work in. But I'm grateful to her too, because all it made me do was go and change my write-up on my booking system. And now people have to email me if they want to book in for a reading with me. And you'd be amazed how that extra step cuts the wheat from the chaff. No longer do I advertise the booking link for my readings. If you want a reading from me, you email me. And that, just that simple process, just helps get me the right people, the people that really want to work with me, the people I really want to work with, a better energy to work in. So those failures have actually helped me to become clearer on what is right for me and where I need to be. One of my biggest failures is I broke a dear friend of mine's heart and uh, we've never been friends since because we went into business together and I knew that I shouldn't have gone into business with her. And I knew that she was not in a stable enough place to be able to do the work that she wanted to do but I couldn't find my voice to tell her. And I let myself become entrapped in this business and entrapped in limited companies and events. And I let her speak over me. I let her speak for me. I let her push me around with her energy just because I couldn't find my voice. And because I couldn't find my voice, you know, the, the after effects of that, well, they're still present. She still doesn't speak to me. But um, the after effects of, you know, it was a year of contacting companies' house and doing various different things to try and extricate myself from my own choices. So when people say to me, well, the spirit world won't let you make a mistake or what's meant by, for you won't pass by you, it will. And that's sometimes how we learn. It's not as soft and fluffy as we all think it's going to be. And I just wanted to finish here uh, by telling you a really funny story about me, Arthur Finlay, with my friend Sue. So we went and uh, I had one 
target for the entire week that we were there, which was that I would get on the stage at some point and do something. Didn't matter whether it was mediumship or inspired talking or philosophy or or anything, but I just needed to be on the stage and talk because I knew it was necessary for me overcoming my debilitating stage fright. And it had got to Thursday. We'd arrived on Saturday. The end was nigh. And I was getting a little frustrated that I hadn't managed to get myself on the stage. And I'd complained as much to Sue and said, you know, I can't, I don't get picked. I'd keep putting my hand up and I don't get picked. And we were sitting in the main hall and they asked for a volunteer and I put my hand up and didn't get picked. And I went, oh, and she just turned to me and went, is that how you're putting your hand up? And I went, what? And she went, nobody can see that. And I was half raising my hand to like the level of my chin, like the queen waving in her carriage no movement no hand straight in the air and uh, much to Sue's absolute hilarity I was even half hiding in a curtain and I wasn't conscious that I was doing any of that stuff but actually there was that kind of ego there that expectation that the spirit world knew I wanted to do that and so they would get me seen and they would make it happen and actually I was nervous so I wasn't sure if I wanted to be seen and make it happen anyway and uh, it was really funny she was crying with laughter at me which I, I bloody well deserved and then the next time I put my hand right up in the air and waved it big and tall and instantly got picked and instantly went on the stage and had that experience and did what I needed to do but it was such a big lesson I'd been failing all week because I needed to learn to stop being such a twat <laughs> <laughs> um, and I still stand by that now. So uh, there's lots of different ways. Um, I've failed in more ways than this, by the way. If you know me and you're listening to this and you're like, that's the least of her failures, you're right. It probably is. These were just the ones that I could think of today. I've had friendships with people that I've let completely override me. I've been needy. I've been mean. I've been uh, left alone. I've lost all of my friends and learnt new ways. But these are all important lessons. And although at the time they were painful and I would have, I did beg for the universe to take them away, make them go. I learnt and I'm where I am today and I'm who I am today because of them. And so when things happen now, like the internet going down in the middle of my online workshop this week, I don't get upset. I don't get stressed. It doesn't pull me out of my power. I don't raise my hands to the sky and curse the spirit world that they didn't keep BT Home Hub working that little bit longer. I laugh because I know that I can weather that storm. I've weathered far worse. And I know I can keep my connection and keep that information and that wisdom coming and I can do the work that is needed. So how are the spirit world refining you? How are they bringing you those experiences that hurt, that you wish would end, that actually help you to learn and grow? Because that's what it's all about. We don't grow in comfy. We don't learn in peace. Thanks ever so much for listening and I'll catch up with you again soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.